Mac Geek Cab, episode 931 for Tuesday, June 7th, 2022. Or welcome back to Mac Geekab, the show where we usually take your questions, tips, and cool stuff found and share them such that uh, we're each learning at least five new things. Today, we will learn five new things as we talk through our observations and reactions to this week's uh, Apple keynote and related events and announcements. So that's what we're going to do today. Uh Sponsors for this episode include ZocDoc.com slash MGG, where you can sign up for free and download their app today. Uh, Helix Sleep, where you can go to HelixSleep.com slash MGG, take their quiz and figure out which mattress is right for you and save up to 200 bucks off your mattress. Two free pillows included. And then uh, HunterDouglas.com slash MGG. Hunter Douglas makes custom shades and more, and you can visit that to learn more about them and get your uh, your, your figure out what what you're going to get and all that stuff. That's HunterDouglas.com slash MGG. We'll talk more in depth about each and every one of those a little bit later in the episode here back here after some world travels in Durham, New Hampshire. I'm Dave Hamilton. And I haven't traveled anywhere except locally. Um, but here in Fairfield, Connecticut, this is John F. Braun, all energized with my Dunkin' coffee here. <laughs> East Coast staple, man. That's good. Yep. Oh, nice. And also not doing any world travel these days. Uh, Pilot Pete in Lee, New Hampshire. So, Dave, you're the traveler this time. Right? It's weird, right? Usually it's you. Yeah. 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 We had, uh, we were in, in, well, it started out in Greece uh, for 12 days. We wound our way through through Greece, some of the islands, and then to Montenegro and uh, Croatia, and then and then finally in in uh, in Venice, Italy. And I I have some travel related geeky stories to tell, but uh, those will wait until episode nine thirty two because Apple changed our plans when after I booked this trip, they announced, "Hey, we're doing WWDC this week." Now I probably could have figured it out. But uh, I did not get to go because I was on a plane yesterday during the uh, the keynote, and I it was it was ironic, it was interesting, and and gave me I had like a moment of perspective because the Wi Fi on the plane was certainly not nearly good enough to stream the Apple event, so I had to watch the live text coverage of it, the live blog. I I watched mostly from the Verge, but it was fascinating. Because for the past 23 years, I had been doing the live blog text coverage of these events for people uh, just like I was yesterday. And it was it was an interesting moment of, hey, all right, well, this is cool. But uh, I was able to sort of watch along. Like I said, the Wi-Fi on the plane was was pretty awful. In fact, in fact, that would be my only real complaint about Lufthansa was how terrible the Wi-Fi was. But because uh, it wasn't really even good enough to get text updates through. Uh, well, where were you, Dave, when uh, r- roughly? I mean, were you transoceanic? Uh, at that point, I was, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's having to satellite. It's satellite, for sure, yeah. at that point. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's right. That's fair. Yeah, But it was pretty terrible was- even when we were over land. Uh, 
before yeah. that. So, uh, yeah, it, it's it's not like JetBlue's FlyFi thing has been. Yeah. So, anyway. Pretty yeah. sad, though, that sitting in the back, you still have more access to current information, weather, news, than the guys in the front office. Well, you know. <laughs> these. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> fair, fair. I, I did have access. It was just, it cut in and out a lot and... Uh, yeah, it just it was it was fine, but I did get through it. So let's let's do the same and let's get through this. I did. I have watched the keynote. I watched it on YouTube at one and a half speed this morning, which is absolutely the way to catch up with things uh, because YouTube lets you do that with videos. In fact, you could do that with this show and this episode if you want. Go to uh, dot com slash YouTube and then you can just press play and set the speed to whatever you want the speed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Or downcast. And Downcast has smart speed. Right. Downcast Overcast also has a smart speed. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. Any of those. Accessing yeah. the material Overcast, yeah. to me was somewhat annoying because I would go to a web page that claimed to have the content and it was like, yeah, hang out here and, and we'll broadcast the thing. What, wait, wait, like, wait, slow down. What, what, are, what content are you talking about? What material? Uh, the WWDC content. Like the 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 live stream of the keynote? Yes. Oh, okay. I mean, it was just Apple.com is where that would be. Yeah, and that's eventually what I did. Yeah. Or you could get it through Apple TV and the sure. developer app. Yeah, right, right. But or, there were just some paths that I took where I was on a page saying, hey, hang out here and you'll see something. And it's like, no. Huh. <laughs> was it an Apple page? Yes. Interesting, because I've always, if I'm going to watch it on the computer, I just watch it from the homepage. I mean, it's right there. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Huh. And, of course, the developer app also, you know, had all these things. Yeah, well, I'm, on your Apple TV, you don't even need the developer app for the keynote. You just go mm -hmm. to, just go to the Apple TV app, and then it, yeah, should, Apple, it should be right Apple there. Apple Live Events or something, they call it. Well, <laughs> I, I, there isn't a, there, there was, I don't know if there still is an app for Apple Live Events, but if you went into just your, the Apple TV app that you watch, like, Ted Lasso in and all of that. The oh, keynotes. It, yeah, I started I, to go there and then I went back. I went, oh, no, there's a different app for live events. And I went down to that. No, they've mm -hmm. consolidated. And they also stream to YouTube, too. So, I mean, you could watch it. Right. In lots of places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried them all. I could see it. Like, I didn't have trouble finding the content. I just couldn't press play and actually get any um, you know, get any data. One, one frame a minute. Yeah. Not, right? Oh no, it wouldn't have been that fast, Pete. That that oh, okay. might have actually worked. <laughs> so, uh, going in our own order here, I, I want to talk. I want to start with uh, Mac OS because I, I, we are, you know, I know we all use iPhones and most of us use Apple Watches and all that good stuff and iPads and and all that. But Mac OS is our is what started us here 17 years ago. It'll be 17 years on Monday, but, uh, but that's that we'll celebrate that on Monday. But I wanted to talk about Mac OS Ventura here and the things that, the, the thing that jumped out at me first was uh, what they've done with mail. It, you know, there are, I, I've often talked about plugins that I use in mail to accomplish sending later, uh, triggering reminders, all of that stuff. And now they've got scheduled send in mail, which looks, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm curious to see how, if it's something that I can automate, right? Cause right now I have every message. I use a small cube mail suite to send every message with, you know, a two minute delay and I can override that, but my, that I've set that as my default. I'm curious to see what Apple 
does, and I have not installed the the beta yet, but you know the 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 reminders, the integrations in mail. It's nice to see that Apple is is doing some things there, which is which is cool. Um, and and then uh, the enhanced search in mail. I think will mail has needed a search revamp, and so I was glad to see that too. <laughs> but mm. but that for that that was the first. If I had to order by priority. Uh, or by impressiveness for me, just seeing Apple pay some attention to mail in Mac OS is a great thing. I I'm, I'm happy for that. So that was, that was the top of my list. I have other things on my list. How about, what about you, John for Mac OS? What, what jumped out at you first? Um, they mentioned, um, so they got a new password thing going on. And it, it kind of crosses, a, 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 it's not just Mac OS, but it's iOS as well. Sure. But um, this whole pass keys yep. concept, I think, is very interesting in I, that it's it's like passwordless access to your stuff. Right. And well, I still got to look into exactly what, I mean, it, it, it includes public key cryptography, which you already have. But um, just the whole concept of you not having to have a password, I think, is pretty powerful. Yeah, I I agree. And they're they're these pass keys are being created slash used as part of the Fido Alliance, which means it's cross platform with mm. Google and Microsoft and all of that. Yeah, I I'm eager to hear your human translated interpretation of it after you watch the the dub dub sessions on pass keys this week so maybe maybe next week's show we'll have a, a dig a deep dive into that because i would i would love to hear your thoughts on pass keys john yeah that's i i figured that might jump out to you yeah yeah it's interesting um the other thing that jumped out at me is shared tab groups in safari yes so we've talked about these tab groups and how we've been sort of struggling to find use cases for them, but shared tab groups, as soon as I saw that, it was like, Oh, wait a minute. Like this would be great. Even just for what we're doing here. Wouldn't it be amazing to have a tab group that is live that, that we're using as we're doing the show and we can add things to it or remove things from it. And it's just this collaborative group of, of tabs or of sites that are open in Safari as tabs. I think that is perhaps one of the best use cases of tab groups I've seen so far. So that 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 really jumped out at me. I, I'm eager to see how how experientially that plays out, uh, as I am with all of these things, of course. Uh, but, yeah, that that the, the, the shared tab groups was an interesting thing for me. So it seemed like that jumped out at you, too, John. Huh? Yes. Yeah. Pete, do you um, have. Oh, go ahead, John. Sorry. Now, the other thing. um stage manager yeah so it's it, if i had to encapsulate it it's like finder plus well, or it's like here's the here's the things we didn't quite get right with the finder so we're going to give you this thing called stage manager that makes managing your windows and stuff a little easier yeah, but it's not the finder it's it's like the entire mm -hmm. interface because it's 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 not limited yeah. to the finder it's in fact it's all apps Right, more it, like Launchpad, or yeah, or launch pad. yeah. Well, it, what's the other one where you can get the window to show all your apps? Well, sorry. it's more. It's like Mission Control or Full mission Screen control. Mode. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 
it's full screen mode, but with the ability to see what other uh, apps you have open. And I like that. And again, I haven't experienced it yet. It seems like it's very as, as soon as I saw this, my thought was, OK, well, on my multi monitor display, I almost certainly don't want that uh, because I've I've figured out all my layouts and I have things where I want them. But on my laptop, when traveling, you know, recently I've been talking about how with my travels, I've been bringing an extra screen with me so that I can manage all of my stuff at once with stage manager. Maybe I wouldn't need that extra screen as often because I can, you know, it would manage that for me. It seemed like very much geared towards single display use cases and smaller displays like you would find on a laptop Mm -hmm. or on an iPad, which, of course, we'll talk about later in the in the episode because stage uh, stage manager does come to iPad. But, yeah, that that whole managing of windows and you can have multiple windows in a group uh, on iPad. I believe it's four. I don't know what the max is on the Mac. It might it, it might also be four, but it, it might be more than that or there might not be a maximum because you've got, you know, potentially larger screen real estate. But um, but, yeah, I. Again, I'm curious to see what the how that how I can make that work or if I find a way to make that work. But, yeah, it, I can I can see the benefits there, stage manager. But, yeah, hey, it's it's not just the finder, John. Right. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's for it's, yeah, it's, it's the whole it's system. Everything. Yeah, it's the whole system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I I, yeah, I don't know. Do you do you when you saw it, did you think, oh, I'll use this? Okay. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How but often I'm, is that though? I mean, when they come out with a new feature, you're like, yeah, I don't know. You were saying earlier, I don't see the use of shared tab or tab. Yeah. Tab tab. Groups. But now, oh, shared. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, they, they, they have a further. They see better than I do. Range. Yeah. Down yeah. range where they're going with something. Yeah. Well, I mean, focus mode is a great recent example of that, right? Like last year over the summer, I was like, I can't imagine why I would ever want to use something like that. Yeah, and now disturb or no, or disturb. No. <laughs> yeah. And now it's everything. Like I, I, yeah. I, it's integrated into everything I use. So, yeah. Yeah. Which I'm, is actually, you were starting to ask me something and I was going to confess that that's the one part of the, the keynote I have not seen yet is okay. the Mac OS. Oh, great. But you talked about tabs and I, and, and I thought about uh, the shared tabs and I thought, Oh, about the focus modes. And I don't know if that it's probably in Mac OS too. It, well, I'm sure it's in Mac OS as well. Um, it, that, uh, you can turn on focus and it will turn off certain tabs. And the problem I see with that is you're going to hide tabs from yourself and be going, but yeah, where did they go? Yeah. Oh, it's a focus mode issue. Yes. No, um, you're right. That's cool, but you're going to hide stuff from yourself early on until you're used to the fact that you're, it depends on what focus mode you're in, whether or not you're going to see some tabs you've, you've hidden. Well, and yeah, I have run into that with focus mode, even as it currently exists where I'll put myself in a focus mode, and then forget that my devices are in that on on iPhone. I know right away when I see the lock screen that I'm in a focus mode. I do not know that when I launch my Mac, like, yeah. you know, there there's there's like a little dot up next to the, you know, the um, yeah. the, the the thing that says, hey, there's notifications you haven't seen because you're in a focus mode that hides them. But that's not enough. Like, there's right. no obvious. Hey, dum dum, you, you know. It's been 20 minutes you started or, you know, you got up and came back. Do you, do you, re, do you realize you're still in a focus mode? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, I think we're going to see more examples of people getting caught by that. So to use some, 
some familiar language. <laughs> hey, hey, Dave, just a heads up. Uh, you, uh, your voice digitized a little bit there and your, and your video froze. It's going to be, I, I would, I, it, thank you. Yeah. It's completely right. a non-issue for 99.9% of the audience who's listening to the audio. But yeah, there's something for those of you that are watching this on video or, or watching these segments later, there's some weird issue between me and StreamYard where, uh, like yeah, my, well, my you got good sound going down to your to your disc, so correct come out fine. On, yeah, okay, no, you yeah, but it's it's worth it. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it so that people know we're aware of it. The people that are watching on the on the video, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So we may have to move away from Streamyard if uh, if this That's continues. Yeah, you know, a little platform. There are plenty of platforms like this. Yeah, so it's all good. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Well. Yes, I have. I have a couple other things. Uh, John, do you have anything else from macOS Ventura? Um, the spotlight enhancements look nice, and once I saw it, it's like, why doesn't it do this already? <laughs> yes, agreed. Which which enhancements specifically jumped out at you? Um, like uh, showing photos. So when you're searching, it actually will display thumbnails of whatever you're searching for, sure. which it doesn't quite do right now. So, yep. yep. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. No, yeah, you, yeah, you're right. It, the, the ability to start a timer from within spotlight on the Mac, uh, the, the search results now include the index of live text. So if you're searching for something that's like text in a picture, spotlight should be able to pick that up, or at least we'll pick it up more. Uh, than it does now, which is never, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and live text. I mean, that's another one. So they enhanced that as well. Yes. That was cool. Yeah. Yes. And that you can have it do it on videos, right? I'm assuming that's part of Mac OS. I, I, I know it's part of iOS 16, which we'll talk about a little later in the episode here, but uh, I'm assuming that that carries over to Mac OS. Uh, but I could be wrong about that. They didn't. I don't recall them saying one way or another whether that made it to Mac OS, but it, it, it may well have. Yeah. Yeah. The um, the continuity camera is a feature that. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. That that uh, really jumped out at me because when we do these shows, as listeners know, I've been using an iPhone as my webcam because all other webcams suck. And. I've been using uh, Reincubate's camo to to accomplish that. And now, well, once we have macOS Ventura, I'll be able to stop using Reincubate's camo. Maybe seeing we'll see how well it works. But the thing that excited me the most was the Belkin MagSafe mount that lets you take your iPhone and mount it on top of your screen so that you can um because other because you know like these mounts are a pain in the neck to to use like there's there's mm -hmm. no good mount to uh to 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 see this and but apple has been working with belkin and they've got these mounts that uh that just mag safe to your phone and hang over the top and then they're using the wide angle camera so this is this is where apple yeah. can beat every other webcam maker because apple it's funny. I was having they dinner. They know how to turn on which camera. 
Well, I was having dinner with a friend not that long ago, and and he commented, he's like, you know, Apple's more of a camera company now than a phone company or a computer company. It's like, well, I mean, a lot of their like technological smarts and R&D investments in are into the software side of making their cameras work phenomenally well. And what they're doing with continuity camera is not only are you using the iPhone as your webcam where you get portrait mode and you get, you know, the center stage where it follows you around and all of that good stuff, but they've also got, uh, did I write it down here? Yeah. Desk view, which, takes the ultra wide camera and can see what's on like your desk and keyboard underneath the camera. And they, they do some, they must do some like magical smarts with it in order to like de skew that image and make it look like it's supposed to look right. Cause it, it's going to be on the fringe of that camera's view, which always gets sort of, you know, rough and, and uh, you know, distorted and all of that. But yeah, no, I like, it's pretty cool what they're doing with it and smart, smart. So I'm curious when we'll get those cameras just built into a Mac, but maybe never. I don't know. I don't know. Anything more on, but I'm excited about that. Obviously very, very excited about that. Anything more on Mac OS before we start talking about this new M2 chip? Um, I think this was part of that, but a uh, studio light. I, ha- I okay. have a note here. Okay. What's that? Well, apparently they've added more smarts to the image processing. Oh, but it was neat watching it in that, you know, you saw it before and after and it was like, oh, wow, the after is a lot better. So what like, explain what studio what you light, saw. Uh, yeah. from what I recall from watching it, it would basically just make your lighting better. Yeah, using like, image processing an enhanced yeah. portrait mode kind of thing yeah 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 for sure yeah 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 no. again the before and after i was like oh that's much better yeah Let yeah, me yeah try that yeah well let me ask this will it work with the built-in camera or do you have to use your iphone mount in order to get i think that i think that's part of the iphone smarts because i remember the iphone has well, way more right yeah yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. okay All right, so let's start talking about this M2 chip that Apple has released for us. Uh, Let me see if I can find the, um, yeah, okay. So I want to slap one in my current laptop. Well, yeah, don't we all? Uh, So (laughs) the the M2 chip. Right. It it supports more RAM. Uh, It's up to twenty four gigs, up from sixteen, which is good. It's weird to me that. It doesn't support up to 32 because, I mean, if you're going to go past 16 and add that bit, wouldn't that therefore mean you could go to 32? I don't know. I think the math would be simpler. I would imagine so. Yep. Yeah, that that struck me as well. Yeah. It's like, I mean, things that are powers of two is what computers like. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't see why they created this, what I'll consider an artificial boundary it's like well why didn't you just go for 32 man right right oh i'm i'm with you yeah 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 it's based on five nanometer tech uh higher performance per watt right which apple i mean that's been apple's whole focus on apple silicon for a very long time because obviously we're dealing with phones and now laptops uh 
It's an eight core CPU with four of each, four high power cores, four high efficiency cores, a 10 core GPU. Uh, they say it's got 18% greater performance than the M1. So nice to see the evolution of this, right? I mean, like that's that's how it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, anything yeah, more? It, Go ahead. And it, it was fun. I mean, they were totally bashing on Intel. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially with their graphs. They would be like, okay, well, here's the, our, the graph of what we do. And, oh, here's the Intel guys. Right. Oh, yeah. nice P- try. PC chip. Because yeah. there's the other yes. one, AMD or whatever. I mean, Intel's They're no slouch, <laughs> but but it, 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 it's interesting to me because most people will be like, well, Apple's not a chip company. And it's like, well, no, now that, you know, they kind of are. They kind of are. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm I'm let's see. It's got a shared 16 meg cache on the high performance cores, a four meg cache on the efficiency cores yeah let's i'm excited i'm excited and i'm even more excited uh about the m2 macbook air because we love the macbook air here i've that's what i traveled with the i've got the m1 air the screen got a little bigger by pushing out and adding a camera notch uh the screen got brighter 500 nits. It's a new design. It's a squared off design. Again, I, uh, you know, I, I don't regret our family vacation all, but at all, but I do uh, wish that the timing had worked out such that I had been able to head out to Cupertino and actually touch one of these in person because I want to see how it feels that the MacBook pro, the, you know, the M one based MacBook pro is also a squared off design and that feels very chunky I'm curious how this squared off design of the new MacBook Air compares. It, it is light, right? It's 2.7 pounds. The M1 Air and and the Intel Air that preceded it were 2.8. So it is less. Um, so hopefully, hopefully it doesn't feel chunky uh, or chunkier. Yeah, I, I was never crazy about the wedge design, though. I, I you but you never had one. I no, love I have not. I love the wedge design. Well, it's because it's, I mean, it's great. It's thin. It's, you know, it's thick where it needs to be. And that's it. It like, I've always loved that design. I don't, the chunkiness of the, the MacBook pro was like, Oh, well this feels like, uh, you know, a a Dell or something like it's, Mm -hmm. it's not quite, I mean, it's it, but it's sort of like, well, okay, like fine. It, It feels like a computer. Whereas the, the air, with the wedge design feels sleek. So I'm, I'm curious to see how the, the sleekness of this new one is. I, I will be shocked if this one feels chunky or else they wouldn't be calling it an air, you know, at 2.7 pounds and uh 20% less volume is what they're saying. And less than a half inch throughout. Yeah. I mean, this, I, I think I could be wrong, but you know, I think the Apple put, put their brains together and came up. Yeah, I'll be shocked if it if it feels chunky. Yeah, no, I I mean that's why I'm I'm giving yeah. it the benefit of the doubt. I'm yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Brian, MagSafe is back. Woo-hoo. And MagSafe is back. Yeah, yeah, right. Love that MagSafe is back on that. Yep. Um, I'm guessing you can charge either way, MagSafe or USB C. Oh, I bet you're right. Yeah. Which is how it is on the on the MacBook Pro with MagSafe. You can you can do either, which is great because you know when you're traveling. If you don't have a MagSafe connector with you, you need to be able to charge your device. And it's nice to, you know, to have that. So, yeah. 
You know, yeah. I've just learned to have yeah. two chargers. One I leave at home and one I leave in my suitcase. Oh, I, oh, I have it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, yes, there's no other way to travel. If you're moving things from like your desk or your bedside table into your travel bag when you travel. Can you it, forget once? It, you will forget it once and then you will have a set of two. That's right. One one for traveling and one not one for not. Yeah. Yeah. They get expensive when you have to add the Uber each way to the Best Buy to get your. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, the the cost on those triples when when Uber is involved in getting you to and from. That's right. Yep, yep, yeah. But um, I mean, the thing is, I never really considered getting the Air because at least the 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 first few were honestly kind of wimpy as far as processor and stuff like that. Whereas yes. now, I mean, that's not a problem anymore. Right. Right. That's, that's fair. Yeah. That was the reason I really avoided it. Um, the other thing is I just like a big screen and they're not quite there yet. I mean, of course there is the M one MacBook pro 16 inch. Correct. Which will probably be my next machine, but I'll, I'll scratch my head a little bit more. The, the air may, have a place in my future computing mm. life. Well, if if you, you know, if you're using it at home more than you're using it on the road, then the big screen becomes more of a benefit than a liability. But if mm. you're using it more on the road than at home, then I would say that that math kind of flips, uh, mm. you know, just, just because. And also the MacBook Pro 13 inch got, the M2 chip, yes. right? But the 16-inch MacBook Pro still doesn't have it. Neither does the 14-inch. But I'm guessing that's coming uh, real soon. I'm looking at the specs here for the MacBook Air. And Brian Monroe in our chat room at uh, live.macgeekab.com noted that it only has support for one external display, and he is right about that. So it simultaneously supports full native resolution on the built-in display and one external display with up to 6K resolution. So same limitation on the M2 as the M1 in terms of the the way the graphics can support external displays. If you want more than more than two total displays, you have to go with some display link solution or something that's going to do, you know, USB-based video for you, which isn't it, it's totally fine for many things. Uh, it's probably not fine for gaming and any, you know, fast refresh work. But, uh, hmm. yeah. Yeah, what else did they mention? Uh, 1080p camera. I guess we didn't have that before. We did not. It was, it's been 720p in, uh, in the, the MacBook Air for, for it got, yeah. it went from 15 frames per second to 30 frames per second when we jumped to M1. And added some smarts, presumably borrowed from the iPhone, that made the camera look so much better. Like, it got remarkably better, but it still was not 1080p. And and I, I caution us, as always, I caution us all to not get too hung up on the the numbers of a camera. You know, 4K camera versus a 1080p camera versus a 720p. The frame rate's going to matter more. The 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 smarts between the camera, the camera lens and the screen upon which the image is displayed, those clearly matter more than just the 
you know, the, the specs of the camera, but being able to capture more isn't a bad thing. It's just not necessarily the answer. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then just a minute ago, you had the, uh, the other thing up, not a big technical thing, but it comes in four colors now. It so does. Yeah. The, to see which of those colors is the, the four popular. Yeah. The four colors are silver space, gray starlight, which is gold and midnight, which is sort of this dark blue ish kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, which is the color of my apple watch right right <laughs> yeah yeah so i'll be interested to see though if there's any value difference because remember in the back in the day i think i think the white macbook was more valuable on resale than the black macbook oh that's true oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. See, you know and i think some of the phones are that way too whether it was gold or right or black or right. gray or yeah. right and now for 60 dollars, you can get a dual usb port uh, power adapter mm. from a dual USB-C port for power adapter from Apple. I don't know why you'd pay Apple for that when you could buy it from someone else that's been making it for longer. But, you know, it's nice to yeah. see Apple join the fray right. with, with, yeah. A, with a, yeah. <laughs> Actually, well, we mentioned earlier, I did my little trip to Best Buy and the one I bought wound up with two USB-As and two USB-Cs on yeah. it. Yeah. So, which makes it nice. I only need one adapter when I'm in Europe and I can plug in my watch charger, my MacBook, my iPad. That's fair. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So highly recommend one of those if you're doing any traveling much, much better than just the one. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You want to get something when you're traveling that can charge multiple things from one plug so that, like you said, when you're in a place that is different, that has different outlets from your home, you only need to adapt. You need to adapt less of them. Let's put it that right. way. Yeah. I carry two adapters, but oh, uh, when I can use one, I, I do. Yep. Much, much easier. Yeah. Because yep. those tend to get left behind. That, they're super easy to leave behind. I'm curious now to go through and count how many. I know how many we took uh, to when we flew to Athens. I'm curious how many of them made it back and how many are stuck in various outlets either right, in the, around Europe. <laughs> the, the Airbnb that we stayed in in Athens or on the cruise ship or whatever. But yeah, yeah exactly. So. All and right. they enhanced oh. the sound system. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Ah, that's right. Because I got to say, the, the sound that I get from my current MacBook Pro is amazing. Is Sometimes I'll play something back yeah. and it's not spatial audio, but I think it kind of is because I'll hear stuff like on the edges and I'm like, wow, how'd they do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so so it's nice that they up the uh the specs on that as well. I agree. I yeah, I I agree. Four speaker sound system uh and with with Atmos support, Dolby Atmos support, so you mm. get the the you know the the not just the wide sound but the tall sound uh which is what Atmos adds. And then three mics doing beam forming, which is not all that different I think from what you have on your 16-inch MacBook Pro. I'll never forget the first time you joined uh like a Zoom call for a, like Mac Observer staff meeting one day or something and your mic sounded great and you were just like, "No, I'm just on the like I'm just using the inbuilt mic on my 16-inch Pro." And it's like, "Oh yeah, they're doing some magic there. That's not how these mm-hmm. things normally sound." So, which is great. Like that this is what I love about Apple is, you know, the the innovation and that they do on one product for a specific thing 
then carries over, which is which is key. So yeah, they're not stopping. I've noticed on my no. 13 inch MacBook Pro, I'll be you know in my chair sometimes, and then I'll listen to something, and it's like, wait a minute, why does it sound? Why does it sound like it's coming from three feet over there to my left? Yeah. Yeah, what it's just right happened? In front of me in my lap. Yeah. yeah. No, they do a good job. And the same is on the iPad and even the iPhone, like has a much wider sound field than the the width of the phone would dictate. And it's yeah, it's cool. Fun stuff. Beam forming. Uh all right. Well, we have uh, iPad OS 16, iOS 16, and then some other things to react to here and shed some of our light on. The next thing that I would love to do, if it's all right with you, Mr. Braun, is talk about our sponsors for today. Sounds good. All right. Well, you know, I'm just back from this 12-day trip to Europe, and we had a, um, an amazing time. But I have to say that I was super stoked to get home last night and finally get to sleep in my Helix mattress yet again. That really is the one thing that I missed being away and our sponsor, Helix Sleep, has these fantastic mattresses. They make it super easy for us because they have a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. So it's no wonder that it feels perfect for me because that's what Helix Sleep, our sponsor, does. Everybody's unique and Helix knows that. So they have all these different mattress models. Lisa and I did the quiz we both matched on the midnight mattress, so that's what we have. And really, it's spectacular. I slept so well last night, and I am so happy to be home in my Helix bed. And you can do this, too. If you're looking for a mattress, you go, you take the quiz, you order the mattress that you're matched to. The mattress comes right to your door, shipped for free. You don't ever need to go to a mattress store again just go to helixsleep.com slash MGG. That's, that's where this is all going to start. And they have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows just for you, our Mac Geek Cab listeners, at helixsleep.com slash MGG. So go there, helixsleep.com slash MGG. And our thanks to Helix for sponsoring this episode. We all know it. Finding and booking a doctor who's right for you doesn't need to be a terrible experience, but it often is, right? Because you're wondering, will they take your insurance? Will they understand your needs? Or will they be available when you can see them? With our sponsor, ZocDoc, the answer can be a refreshingly pain-free yes. ZocDoc is a free app which shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. So you can go read up on local doctors because there's verified patient reviews. So you get to see what other real humans had to say about their visit. And then you go to ZocDoc.com and you choose a time slot, whether you want to see in person or do a video visit. And just like that, boom, you're booked. So you get to find the doctor which is right for you and book an appointment that works for your schedule. And this is why every month millions of people use ZocDoc. And I'm one of them. It's my go-to whenever I need to find and book a doctor. Go to ZocDoc.com slash MGG and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within just 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash M-G-G, ZocDoc dot com slash M-G-G, and our thanks to ZocDoc for sponsoring this episode. Who doesn't love to live well, to be perfectly at ease, in comfort, and in style? 
Hunter Douglas, our sponsor, can help you do just that with their innovative window shade designs, gorgeous fabrics, and control systems so advanced they can be scheduled to automatically adjust to their optimal positions throughout the day. You've got to go to HunterDouglas.com slash MGG to see how you can enjoy the view outside the window while protecting your privacy inside. You get to see the way these shades diffuse harsh sunlight to cast a beautiful glow across the room. And you can learn about the superior insulation that Hunter Douglas shades provide, keeping you warmer in the winter, cooler in the summer, and lowering your utility bills. You're going to want to have that Goldilocks moment, right? When you walk into a room and everything about it looks and feels just right, HunterDouglas.com slash MGG is where that path begins. And then while you're there, you can learn about Hunter Douglas's PowerView technology. That's the thing I was talking about, where your shades can be set to automatically reposition for the perfect balance of light, privacy, and insulation morning, noon, and night. And right now, for a limited time, you can take advantage of generous rebate savings opportunities on select styles. Visit HunterDouglas.com slash MGG for details. That's HunterDouglas.com slash MGG. And our thanks to Hunter Douglas for sponsoring this episode. All right. Let's talk about iPad OS 16. And the reason I want to do this next is because I'm seeing a merging of iPad OS and Mac OS or the functionality of an iPad with the functionality of a Mac laptop. Uh, they brought center stage to iPad OS 16. And so center stage being the thing we just discussed with in Mac OS where you get that you know, single or multiple windowed view with the other apps that are running kind of sitting off to the side. And that to me, as soon as I saw it, it was like, okay, well, like this feels like it's for an iPad. And sure enough, then they talked about adding it to iPad OS 16. Along with that on iPad OS 16 comes full external display support, meaning that you can have you plug in, you know, USB-C to an external display, and now you can have a completely other window with other apps open uh, on that external display. And and they said that there was four a maximum of four windows simultaneously up on each display. So with two displays, you know, the iPad being one and then the external display being the other, you get eight. That to me really tells me that they are seeing the iPad as a you know as a laptop replacement which i know a lot of people are already doing it's just nice to see apple embracing that and opening things up so that people really can have that same experience especially if you add a keyboard and a trackpad to your ipad now suddenly you know the lines are very blurred between what a macbook air is and what an ipad is and i i, I mean i like that the the center stage i i do want to say is only available on m1 based ipads so uh it's not it it is an m you know an apple silicon m1 thing it's not available on on non m1 based ipads which makes sense so um and and john did you see that uh, they also added VM swap to the iPad. I have that on my list here, which I just kind of assume that's what they were already doing, but I guess they're not. <laughs> I guess but not. Now they are. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, the, the virtual memory is like a foundation of any operating system. 
I, yeah, I, I mean, and I'm guessing it always had some level of VM to manage things, but now it feels like it's being more explicitly opened and exposed to apps the way apps see how much RAM they have. Because they said, oh, yeah, you can have up to 16 gigs dedicated to a given app. I was like, okay. So that may be the distinction there. Because it would have to have had some version of VM in the past. I mean, I don't know. Maybe not. It's Unix, right? So, I, yeah. I, yeah. 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 So I, I was excited about that. Um, they also mentioned... Uh, customizable toolbars coming to iPad OS apps. So, mm. yeah, it was it was one of these very quick mentions where it, it seemed like, uh, you know, like we can customize the toolbar uh, on Safari, for example, on the Mac. It seemed like that was coming to iPad OS, and they were opening up a framework or an API or whatever we want to call it for developers to be able to have customizable toolbars in their iOS, you know, their third-party iPadOS apps. So there's definitely this distinction that's happening between, you know, what what iOS can do on the iPhone and what iPadOS can do on the on the iPad. And the latter is, to me, leaning very much towards what the Mac can do, which is great. Like, I, mm. I, I see no reason why it shouldn't. So, yeah. It's- yeah. Um, so one thing that I noticed, though, that, they were talking about this. Uh, so I agree with you is that they're trying um, to make the iPad a computer. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, for lack of a better term. Sure. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, I, I mean, I've seen in my career, you know, with fellow journalists, people were really trying to use an iDevice as their main thing. Not just trying there. I mean, they are. Look at look at Jason and, and, Snell. Look at Federico Vitici. Like. Those you people, can do it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I, I much prefer a computer. I, I never, yeah, you're fine, I never man. understood you're why people were trying. Wait, 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 I never let, understood let why John people finish. tried yeah. to make an iPad be a computer. Because, I mean, it kind of it is, but it kind of isn't. <laughs> what what was your issue with using an iPad as a computer, Pete? You you had a good no, point. I was just saying, yeah, it's it's getting uh, you, you your ability to get down into the shell and do terminal commands and file management and that, mm. and that sort of thing. Sorry, John, I didn't mean to walk on you. Um, but the, which was actually one of the questions when you first mentioned it, Dave. That that the line is starting to blur. I'm wondering if ultimately their goal wouldn't be to make the iPad Air it, one of those machines that will fold back in half and become a touchscreen. Yeah. Use it as an iPad, fold it back up, use your keyboard and have full uh, Unix type yeah. capabilities. Um, I, I think I, to answer your question, John, because I sat next to I remember sitting between I think I had Marco uh, Armin on my right and Jason Stall on my left at, at at the most recent Apple event at which I was in person, which was probably a dub dub DC of 2019 or maybe a fall event of 2019. Uh, and I had my my air that I was, you know, doing my thing on. Uh, I don't think Marco was, uh, he may have been on his phone or something, but Jason was to my left on his iPad and looking at how efficient he was able to be on that device and how uncramped he was able to be with that device compared to me with my air, even though my air was, you know, small, it was a 13 inch at that point. Cause it was 2019. So I had the 2018 air, so I was up from the 11 inch to the 13 inch, but even still, it was like, 
okay, I get it now. And I even said that to him, like, okay, now I understand. He's like, yeah, I'm able to move around. But it 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 has always been and even then was something you had to think in advance about. Which apps am I going to use? How am I going to lay out my screen to be productive? It's not the kind of thing where, you know, you just open up your laptop and everything's there and you just sort of launch and go. It's I'm going to do this event coverage. What am I going to do? How am I going to do it? Do I have all the right things in place? And have I thought through the, the you know, the UX of it all? Whereas now with especially with center stage, I think it it alleviates that to the point where it opens the door for people that wouldn't have gone through that headache to begin with. Right. And, and uh, sorry, I said center stage. I meant stage manager too many stages, Apple, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, like I, I can see, I can see stage manager really opening up that door. Um, And you can resize windows with stage manager on an iPad. Uh, Yeah. That's, I mean, like, like it's mind blowing only in that we've wanted this for a long time and now we finally have it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in that vein, um, to make the iPad more appealing to people, um, I don't know why they mentioned it in the iPad presentation, but, um, this free form app looks very interesting. It's a it's a it's a whiteboard, right? It's a collaborative whiteboard. Yes. With people, other people running mm-hmm. uh, Mac OS Ventura, iOS 16, iPad OS 16 can see and edit and work, collaborate with you on this whiteboard thing. I, I mean, I guess it's certainly not the first time we've had this. I'm curious to see how how well adopted it is now that everyone has it on their devices. That that would be the only thought that I would have about that is are people actually going to use this? I don't know. I, I, don't know. I bet they will. Yeah, and, and you might just, be right. Yeah, just is just be my my example was I always used my iPad Pro Perfect Air or iPad Pro. Yeah, as a note taking device. Yeah, and I found that to be uh, that handwriting the notes was more effective more efficient than typing because I could circle an entire sentence or paragraph and draw an arrow up to something at the top of the page that, Hey, this is what, where you can't do that when you're typing on some. Yeah. My, my, my example for this is, is shared notes, right? We've always had the ability to take notes on our various devices as, and, and there have been third party apps like Evernote, which allowed us to share notes with other users, which is great. Now, once Apple added shared notes to, you know, all of its operating systems, that's when people started using them. So this shared whiteboard thing, you you may be very right about this. Yeah, well, it's good. And the other thing I noticed, again, I don't know why they put it in the iPad presentation. Sure. But I think this may have solved a problem that lots of our listeners and viewers have had. And how do you share photos with people? Oh, yeah. So they came out with shared photo library in the iPad presentation. And I was like, ooh, maybe they got it right this time. Was that in the iPad? I thought that was in the iPhone portion. I, I, oh, yeah, it was um, definitely in iOS. It, yeah, 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 for okay, sure. Okay, I have it under 
yeah, no, no, iPad. No. It, that was they in, mentioned it. But it, it, this is a good time to jump to iOS 16, uh, you know, our, our observations about iOS 16, because you're right. It's in both places. But yeah, the shared photo library. So it, it continue, John. I have I have many thoughts about this, as you might imagine. Well, I mean, from what I could see, they it seems like they got it right this time because sharing photos among people has always been a challenge for any platform. And Apple hasn't quite, I mean, they had shared fo- shared albums. Yeah, you could share right. an album. So they had shared albums, but th- there were a lot of restrictions. And the last time I tried to use it, it was just like, this is terrible. <laughs> right, and, right. And it, it it did a nice job, I think, Dave. Last time we chatted about this very subject on the show, um, you, we talked about security issues. Suppose you then a third person joins, you know, our shared library and that yeah. sort of thing. Um, but having the ability to automatically send it to the shared library um, and then you can turn it off. Uh, you can say, you know, like, and I was saying pre-show, you know, like I took a picture of a ladder and a platform adopted to fit this ladder. I'd turn that off so it wouldn't go to the shared library because I wanted to build one of these myself so that I can hook this platform onto a ladder and 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 but no one needs to see that right but having the the uh, photos of my daughter's great great grandfather and that sort of thing in there that she can now see and reference any time is is awesome the only the only thing that bothers me about that but I have a feeling it's it's covered is that she has the permission to delete that. Yes. And but I don't think it deletes it from my personal library from the shared library. Yes. Oh, interesting. But, I, I you know, See, if she deletes I, it, it probably won't take it out of my personal library. I, don't I think it does. And okay. here's why. So, because okay. I, when Apple announced this, I was like, OK, finally, like, here we go. And yeah. and I will remind myself and anyone listening that. This is version one of Apple's shared photo library. So this is different from a shared album uh, where things that are removed from it still stay in your library. This is a separate library and you choose to move things to the shared library, not also put them in the shared library. So it feels like very much two separate things. So I would think when someone deletes a photo, it is deleted from that library. Now, We all, and again, this is version 1.0, but as it currently stands and as I understand it from what they announced yesterday, you, we all can only be part of one shared library with up to five other people. So, Pete, if you want to be part of a shared library with your family, you could not be part of a shared library with me right. and John, right? So that feels like, okay, like... I, I get it, but why not just let us add other shared libraries? And I know why, because now you have, or in this version 1.0, you have the little button that says, add this to the shared library or don't add it, which not one? which shared library. Correct. Right. So yeah. it starts, gets very, it would start to get very confusing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so you can have things move to the library. I like the automation of this, uh, where based upon filters of, Various types, who's in the photo or uh, who's nearby. You can choose to have things automatically added to the shared library or your personal library. Uh, I I love all that stuff. I wish they 
just gave us this functionality with a shared album, though, because that way you would still keep all of your photos in your photo library and have this shared this smart shared album, if you will. Right. Like in an insanely smart shared album that what became this collaborative thing, I, I would have preferred that over here's a completely separate library that you are putting your things into. And now everyone has the ability to manipulate them. Now, I mean, it, they talked about the good parts of that and there are good parts of that, but it, it feels like, I, I don't know. Right. It feels well, like all my wife's photos. She gets all of mine. That's yeah. cool. That's the cool part. That's the cool part. Well, and if, if your wife does a cool edit to a photo, you get the, the results of that edit because it's a yeah. shared library. Like that yeah. part's cool. But it feels like, I, I don't know, I, again, it, it needs to be one of those things that we experience in person. But I think it's going to run into a lot of uh, clashing of things. Yeah, yeah I think I it's going to be more confusing than, it, than not. The one, the one other comment, though, I have, I guess, to, to clean up the whole deletion issue is, as I recall, you have 30 days to yes photo that's been deleted from. But you need to know it's been deleted. Yeah, bingo. So there needs to be, hey, these photos were deleted. You want to review them? Yeah, by someone else. Like, yes, it, right? Yes. I, I delete photos and I forget that I did that. Uh, you know, if you delete a photo from our shared library, I definitely am not going to know that you did that. Like, right? <laughs> right. right. You know, yeah. it's just realistic. Yeah. So that, but I, I was excited. I and I, I am excited about it. I think. I think it's going to need to get to, you know, what I'll call version two. I don't think Apple will call it version two, but it needs to get to, you know, version 1.1 or version two of of uh, shared library t before it, it's at the point where it's like, yeah, like, you know, like our trip to Greece last week. As soon as I saw this, I was like, oh, my gosh, wouldn't it have been amazing to have this as opposed to now as we get home, we need to add things to this shared album that we've created uh, and we need to. Remember, did I add things while we were in Athens? Like that was so long ago. Like, you know, uh, do I, I don't want to duplicate, but there's five of us in that library. It's yeah. the four of us in our family and my daughter's boyfriend who joined us on the trip. Now, I want him to see all those pictures and I want him to contribute to all of those pictures. But like, that's that one. I don't like right. the rest of it. So I don't yeah, know. He doesn't, he doesn't need pictures of your dad's. Correct. Sixtieth you know, birthday from you know, right. so many years. Ago. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't there. He doesn't like. It doesn't mean anything to him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. So that and if he were to join ours, well, then now and he's out of his family. Correct. Yeah. So I, like, like immediately as soon as I saw this, there were all these walls where it was like, well, what about this obvious use case? You there's know, more. There's more to come. <laughs> there, and I think there will be. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, but I am excited about it. Um, I am extremely excited about what Apple has done with messages uh, yes. on iOS yes. and presumably elsewhere, too. But, you know, we, we heard about it in the iOS portion. Mark as unread. I, this solves a problem. It's a crappy solution. I will say that out of the gate, but it is a solution to the problem of Pete asked me a very important question while I'm not in a position to answer it because I'm, you, you know, like on a bus somewhere. And so now I can choose to mark it on red so that I know to come back to it later. Amazing. Great. Right. Why couldn't we, I think better than that though, would have been the, uh, the easy ability to link it to a, to do right. So that 
I know I want to come back to this. Put it on my to-do list so that I come back to it. And now my messages app doesn't show that I have unread messages because I want the new messages to show as unread and not this thing that I want to tickle myself with from Pete. Yeah. If, if we needed a title for the episode, it just came out of my mouth. Yeah. Don't, yeah mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I have read the message. I want to do something with it. Like in mail, yeah. we flag things. Why not add flags to yeah. messages instead of just this unread thing? So it's to, to me, this feels like a lazy solution. Somebody said, well, we could just let people, you know, flip the flag that we already have. And someone at Apple said, that sounds good enough. Apple doesn't usually do good enough. This is good enough. Uh, and I'm not happy with it. I like undo send. I love edit messages. That's great. Because yeah, that way when I write. is huge. Yeah. When I write and tickle you know, myself with Pete. That is something that Twitter users have been asking well, for forever. And it's technically not really hard. It's just. They have no, responded. I'm not going to let you get away with that. You have no idea how technically difficult that would be on on Twitter's end. You say it's not technically card, but but you've never seen their code base. You don't know. They're they're okay. running. They're running Fair a enough. no SQL operation there. Like there's no database mm-hmm. for Twitter. So I don't know that that's an easy thing to do. In fact, my guess is it's insanely difficult based on the foundations of that platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You can take down a tweet at least, but of course, yeah. once it's out there, it's out there forever. But Correct. Assuming you do it quickly enough. Yeah. No, oh, my guess is it's super difficult. Otherwise, they would have done it years ago. Mm. That, that would be my guess, but I, I also have never seen their code base. I don't know, but mm. I don't think any of us are qualified to assess the relative difficulty of adding that to an entire platform. It solves the issue of autocorrect, though, ruining your day. <laughs> that it, oh, no, in messages, absolutely. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I think it's great. Um, or and even it, be, and being able to pull it back entirely is huge. Now, they didn't say how long. It sounded like it. you had a short amount of time to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just yesterday, I was having a conversation with two people, my sister and, and Fig, with whom I do the other podcast, Pete does another podcast, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Tell them about it, Pete. Because it's it's, so there I was. It's how every great aviation tale begins. And the URL is so there I was dot US. Um, And we were talking about another guest on the show. But I was trying to have two conversations at the same time. And we're talking about having a guy uh, whose call sign was Spaz on. And so I replied to my sister, Spaz? Question mark. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like, ah, uh, yeah, that wasn't for you. That's not for you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I think having Spaz on. Spaz was an impatient man in, in many cases and, and fun to screw into the ceiling um, and admits it himself. Uh, sure. Hence, hence the call sign. Yeah. But uh, we got episode three up uh, this week and uh, we're having a blast with it and some great aviation stories. So hopefully. Uh, I love it. I, 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 yeah, I've thus far, I've only heard the first episode because I've been traveling and not really listening or in a place where I could download I have lots of Wi-Fi tales of woe and the solutions to them to share um, in the next episode. So there you go. Well, I will tease it ever so briefly. There is there's an adage in aviation about landing with your landing gear up. There are those who have and those who will. And we have a story about someone who did. Oh, man. Oh, man. Okay, I want to hear this. So wasn't me. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Yet. Right. I mean, that's yes. the that's the asterisk there. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, but yeah, I like what they've done with messages. I like that they've added shared play to it. Like that's it's good. Yeah, I'm, that was that was the thing that 
excited me the most out of that. John, did you look in the wallet section? They talked about uh, smart keys. Yeah. Um. Or or anything else. I have a else. note here, Go sharing ahead. keys. Yeah. Uh, but the thing I did notice is that when they were talking about Apple Pay, so I don't know why they, again, why they put sure. it in the iOS part here, but this seems brilliant to me to make Apple yeah. Pay even more useful. Apple Pay later. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so you can spread out, and uh, some of my cards already do this, uh, like, one of my city cards, I think, has a thing called Flex Loan, yeah. which is kind of the same thing. It's like you can pay it off, though, in the case of a credit card, you have to pay interest. Whereas with Apple Pay later, it splits it up into four payments with no interest, which. Check your Flex Loan terms, because a lot of this is not Apple didn't invent this. It's a, this is a huge oh, business. And your Flex Loan thing on your Citibank card, if you do the same kind of I agree to four payments. You might get them interest free, just like you do with Apple. Uh, but we, now, you know, with the new Apple Pay later, yeah, this is a huge business to attract uh, loyalty. You know, customers to use the, right. the 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 card. Yeah, yeah, it's no, it's really smart. Uh, and then, what do I have? Another note here: order tracking. So apparently, through Apple Pay, you can now track your purchases. I think that's, that's a developer in it integration yeah mm -hmm. where it links and then you can just get your notifications back via apple pay yeah i like that i like that for sure yeah. uh i love that they added tap to pay on iphone yes they were unclear about this and and I, my guess is a lot of people won't understand fully what this means it means that your iphone becomes a payment processing device right so uh, if, well, I can if, give you fifty bucks in Apple Cash, or well, you could, but you could do that with messages right now. Yeah, right. What it means is you could take your credit card that does tap to pay. That we don't use much here in the U.S., but I used all last week. All of my credit cards work this way. Yeah. You just tap it on the little reader, and boom, it goes. And it's we use. I, I say we don't use it as much here in the U.S. We don't use it as much, but it is available here. But yeah, you just tap to pay on an iPhone, and now you've charged someone's credit card. Uh, which is amazing. You can also use it iPhone to iPhone uh, via the same thing. But this turns your iPhone into a payment, uh, you know, receiving device, which is amazing. Uh, yeah, you don't need special accounts and all that. So. And, and you don't need special hardware anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's great. I, I, I mean, it's going to be huge for small businesses for sure. Uh, you know, the the person where you go... At, you know, at a craft fair, right? And you buy something and they're like, oh, I'm cash only because my Stripe thing, I don't like know how to make that work. And it's like, great. Pull out your iPhone. Let me tap to pay you yeah. with my credit card. Watch this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, as as I, I'm not sure who it was. I just saw the notification across that someone in the chat room uh, said, wow, just like Square. Yes, it, Square's been doing this for a long time. This has been doable mm -hmm. for a long time. But now this is all self-contained yeah. in your iPhone. You don't need to Bluetooth to your phone because it's in your phone. You don't need to wire into a terminal because you have the, you know, assuming you have either Wi-Fi or, a, you know, a cell connection. Yeah. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. And that, that tap to pay, I'll give you that uh, they were ahead of that curve there in Europe. Our last family trip to Europe, we wound up uh, looking for gas stations that accepted a Stripe on a credit card and almost ran out of gas at 930 at night in rural France. 
because everything was chip and we didn't have any chip cards then. This was 2017, sure. 2018 timeframe. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Everything. I, it, yeah. It, the first couple of, you know, transactions that I did, I put my card in the machine and every time the, you know, like at a restaurant or whatever, the waiter was like, oh, okay. You, doing? <laughs> you know, and then I finally realized, oh, I should just tap my card on the stupid thing. Like this is, yeah, I'm good to go now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. So yeah, it was, that was, I, I like that. Uh, exciting. The, um, I want to talk a little bit about the lock screen widgets uh, or the lock screen in general, because that was where Apple started their presentation with uh, certainly with iOS. Okay. I'm sorry. Can we go back to the messages just for one more thing that I thought like, was really cool? We, well, now we have gone back to messages. Talk I'm to sorry. Us, All right. Yeah. Okay. So the dictation, the keyboard stays open, but you can still do dictation yeah. and then the auto punctuation. So you don't have to go, Dave, comma, how's it going? Question mark. It, it, so you don't get one run-on sentence with right. 50 words in it. You, you don't have to do that. And it adds all that, but you, it leaves the keyboard up so you can go back and forth seamlessly between talking. You're absolutely right. That That's huge. It also adds something we've talked about on this show that you currently with iOS 15 and prior, you cannot dictate an emoji. And oh, now right, yeah. and you can, because it goes smiley face emoji all spelled out. <laughs> all spelled out. Yeah, exactly. Kind of a bad word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But now that's that's fixed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Sorry for the interruption. No, no, I'm glad you brought that up. I think it's great. Yeah, but the the lock screen stuff is interesting. Uh, you know, the for those that haven't watched the video, the lock screen is customizable in a way that is very, very similar to how you customize watch faces. Uh, you 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 can change the font. You can change colors of certain elements in a in a lock screen face. If we think of it that way, the whole thing starts to make sense. And it's obvious that they took a lot of the UX language from what they do on the watch and just moved it over to iPhone. They've added some other things too, for sure. But the customization is very much that. And now uh, you can have customizations that your focus mode is tied to a certain lock screen. So when you change lock screens, boom, it goes to a different focus mode and now you know what you're doing and you can have now new widgets on the lock screen. But it seems like these widgets are the term Apple used was glanceable information. And what that tells me, I got to dig into the developer session. So we'll definitely have a segment on this in, in 932 because John and I both have some things to look into. But what that tells me is that these are not going to be overly interactive widgets. They are going to be, you know, push information, not pull information or not not request information. Put the thing up there and you will see it, not put the thing up there and you can interact with it. Now, Apple demoed the music widget, which is interactive. But my guess is that's reserved for them and not for third party developers. <laughs> we will see, though. We'll dig into it and we'll we'll get we'll get more uh, perspective on that, but yeah, they don't appear to be generally interactive. Uh, so don't get your hopes up about that until we, until we know more. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it like, it seems I, I like, I like that we have this customization. It's ridiculous that we have had to hack pictures. You know, we talked just in the last episode, right? Somebody shared their shortcut that they have run every hour that updates their lock screen by creating a new picture 
uh, that adds the weather for their current location to the picture and then makes that picture the lock screen. That's cool. Don't get me wrong. Like ingenious, ridiculous that someone had to create that now with iOS 16, they don't have to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. What were your thoughts on the, on the lock screen, John? Um, eh. All right. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I think again. I was I like, I, I've, I've never had. Though they did some tweaks here, but I never really had a desire to customize the lock screen to the level that they demonstrated. It's nice. Sure. I don't know I, if I'll ever use it. What I did, uh, what I did notice though, uh, so a couple of things they tossed in here. So notifications will now roll in, which that I think is kind of neat. So before notifications would like dominate your screen, right? Sure. Now they, you know, kind of present it in a in a better way. And then what else did they? Reminds have? me of oh. how Mac OS like rolls up notifications. It's 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 mm-hmm. that kind of interface. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, live activities I thought was kind of neat. That's that. Yeah, there, there's an API coming later this year for for what you just said for live activities where you a, a an app can update its widget based on information that it's getting. So, you know, think sports cores. Uh, one example that they used was, you know, your Uber is five minutes away. So instead of just getting a new notification, you actually get to see a little, you know, progress meter for things like that, which is cool. I think, though, you know, you when you say that you've never had the desire to customize your lock screen and add things to it, you've also never had the ability. So I don't know that any of us know what we want there or how we will use it until we have the ability to actually do those things. So I'm curious a year from now, let's revisit this conversation once we've had, you know, iOS 16 just in our hands on our in our daily life. What things have we added to our lock screen? My guess is all three of us are going to have widgets on there uh, that mm-hmm. that that because right now we have two. We have a widget that shows two things, right? We have the, the time and the date. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and whether we're on Wi-Fi, right? Or at what are we have our signal strength, right? Uh, right. We have other things up there that are very helpful to be able to just look and see. My guess is adding something like the weather to my lock screen would be amazing. Adding something like my next you know, appointment would be awesome. If you're tracking your, you know, fitness or whatever, putting your rings on your lock screen would be really nice. Especially since now the health functionality, a lot of it works without having an Apple watch. They're adding a lot of that emotion tracking, fitness tracking, let's say to the iPhone itself, which it's always been able to do to a degree. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think I think like I think this will be one of those things like focus mode where, you know, we didn't want it because we didn't have it and we didn't know. And then once we experience it, my guess is we'll all be. Which goes back to the watch almost. Remember? Well, exactly. How, you know, well, you were always a, a watch guy anyway. Yeah. Um, but I went several years without wearing a watch and just use it at times on my phone. If I need to know exactly what time it is, pull sure. my phone out of my pocket and look. Yep. But then. This thing has become so integral to my daily things that I do. And yeah. so that's why I was going to say that was going to be my point is that I bet we grow into this one. 
I, I, I will be shocked if we don't grow into it. I look at all my Android friends who have the ability to do this. Like, again, this isn't something Apple invented. And, you know, they're like, oh, why don't you just know this information? Like, why isn't it on the front of your phone? It's like, well, because my phone vendor doesn't let me make that decision yet. But soon. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. Anything else to uh, to talk through here? Ooh, ooh, pick me. Pick. Oh, Pete. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, let me uh, go back to my notes so I can get it exactly what it was. Being able to, uh, they were talking about live text, uh, being able to cur- convert currency and translate quickly uh, on the camera, but also being able to grab text from photos and menus live. And then here's the other really cool one. I can't tell you how many hours I've spent getting the fine edges and, and uh, making a, a transparent background on a given object. Mm. Now here you take a picture of your dog and you press and hold your dog with your finger and you pull your dog out of the photo and throw it into messages, throw it into Wherever. an app. Mm-mm. Yep. Oh my. Yep. <laughs> yep. Machine learning <laughs> no, at its here. finest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, visual lookup lets you put your dog in messages. Yeah. is yeah. my note here yeah it's amazing and they did it because yeah i mean i've i've tried to wrangle with photoshop trying to do like a lasso or something like that and you, you can either do it by hand but it's a real pain in the neck so m- making that functionality available in more apps is is definitely cool yeah i'm with you pete is yeah i'm thinking that took some serious differential calculus little algebra one some trigonometry and a few other math uh, (laughs) image processing (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's, i mean it's it 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 comes down to machine learning and pat and pattern matching right i mean that's what that's what this is is you know at its core is all that no pun but core ml stuff you know yeah yeah yeah. It, one other thing I will add as I'm trying to synthesize the the river of comments that are happening in the chat room at live.macgeekab.com. Think about what we can do with our watches now that they are always on. And the rumors of the iPhones 14 having always on screens yeah. and adding customizable lock screen widgets to the iPhone now, an always-on iPhone screen gives you a lot of information without ever even waking your phone up. Hmm. That could be a big difference maker. Because I mean, I think about my my watch. Once I move to the Series Five with always on, it's like, okay, wait a minute, like this is great. You know, I I just get to see the time. I get to see other things that are you know involved on the face of the watch. Apply the same thing to the phone. If they wind up doing that with the phone, this starts to become interesting. So. Lots I've never compared of- always on though to uh, theater mode. Does, is is the battery life pretty much the same? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question, Pete. Yeah, yeah. Because I tend to go in theater mode a lot, well, especially at night. I don't you know, wake me up. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Huh. I, I wonder if the battery life is any shorter. Although you know. You're not getting more than 24 hours out of your watch. Anymore. No, no, nor nor will you ever out of a phone yeah. either. Try yeah. sleep mode, Pete. I think the the display goes off when you're in sleep mode on your watch too. You don't. I don't think you need theater mode for that. Really? I think so. Yeah. All right. There is going to be lots more as the summer evolves, as 
experiences with the new stuff happen. We will share what we learn, uh, what we, the little nuances that we find in the corners as we dig deeper into this stuff, because that's really where the fun is, is, uh, is in figuring out how these things are going to work. And there, and then once you understand how we start to be able to understand the limits of what we can do with these new features. So I'm excited. Fun stuff. Was a uh, nice re-entry into the world of my my work life here, coming out of a, a hibernation vacation. So, yep, off the grid. Off, the, I was yeah. I mean, I wasn't entirely off the grid, but I was off the grid. Yeah. yeah. All right, folks. Thanks but for where, go ahead, John. Where there are no limits, Dave, is the gorgeous gorgeousness of Craig's hair. <laughs> <laughs> That is truth. That's right. And they actually had a part of in the presentation where he's like running and then brushing back his mane. <laughs> and I was just like, who did this? <laughs> I mean, did he ask for this or did they decide to do that? You know, it he asked funny. for that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I got to say, the presentation, it, it was so smooth. I mean... And I learned about all these new people. It was yeah. like, yeah. yeah, this is the director of what, what, or yep. the manager of this and that. And it's like, I, I, I don't no, know who this person is, but now I do. Yeah. Yeah. They, it, it, these presentations remote are. Well, even in person, right? Yeah. There were a thousand people there uh, at, at Apple Park watching this. And, oh, right, right. Right? But, but it was still a, pre, it was a pre-recorded, produced presentation mm-hmm. that they watched together, which I, mm-hmm. I think that's the way the keynote should always be, uh, for sure. Yeah, because it's so much faster. There were times where it was like, I wonder what it's like being there. People want to applaud, but you don't have time to applaud because you just missed the first 10 seconds of the next segment. So things get to be really efficient in that regard. Yeah. 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 Well, then you also avoid the, uh, you know, the dog won't eat the Alpo. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you're trying to do something and demonstrate it and there's a glitch and it's not working. And you're like, Oh, uh, yeah, Steve jobs doesn't you, need you to know, beam I'm, someone I'm, I'm with a camera. You, I'm, I'm with you in that. Yeah. Allowing it. it you get concentrated bandwidth i guess yeah yeah no it's great all right all right thanks for hanging out with us folks thanks uh pete and john for yeah. all of this stuff yeah it was, it was, it was nice thanks for you. adjusting to my crazy schedule it was good uh make sure you check out the, all our merch at macgeekup.com slash merch we have stickers some of which you designed folks we have t-shirts like the one if you watch the video today that pilot pete is wearing and uh, yeah, yeah, come hang out with us. Thanks, for, thanks for everything. Thanks to Cashfly for providing all the bandwidth to get the show from us to you. And uh, make sure to check out our sponsors. Right, HelixSleep.com/mgg, ZocDoc.com/mgg, HunterDouglas.com/mgg. It's been good, John. I know we've gone a little over on time, but I think there's time for at least like one more thing. Do you have anything to share with, with the good people who are listening still? I got three things, Dave. Oh, my goodness. And that is don't get caught. 
I like it. Made up.